What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 222 of Spinning Thoughts. My special guest is the home team, and they dropped one of the best albums of 2021 called Slow Bloom. It dropped October the 22nd via Revival Recordings, and multiple contributors on the Spinning Thoughts team added Slow Bloom to their top 10 albums of 2021 list. So I had to really dive into this band and check them out because of the love that Spinning Thoughts was giving them and everybody. I was seeing it all over the internet. And really, as soon as I hit play on the first track of Slow Bloom and I heard Brian's voice, I was like, yeah, this is a band that I am not only going to love, but that I have to get on Spinning Thoughts. So what a first guest to kick off 2022 and episode 222 with the home team to talk about their second album. And I talked to two people from the band. There's a lot of twos. I keep talking about this in the marketing and you'll hear me, Brian and Daniel talk about it in our interview that's coming up. But if you like this kind of content, make sure you hit the like button on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com and we're on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Don't forget our premiere episodes also hit Adobe Radio every Thursday at midnight Eastern. And let me just give a really quick shout out to Adobe Radio because right now at the time of this taping, Spinning Thoughts is on at least one billboard in Los Angeles, California. Now, for those who don't know, I'm based in Pittsburgh. We have a lot of contributors, you know, around the country too in Canada. But just, you know, to think that, that that this thing here that we have going on is on a billboard in Los Angeles. And back in June, I had a, a couple billboards, thanks to Adobe, in Chicago. So you know, what's next? I don't know, Adobe. But what I do know is, is that I love you. So thank you for supporting what we do here at Spinning Thoughts. And if you're anywhere in Los Angeles, go to 9th and Broadway and look up. And take a picture of the Spinning Thoughts billboard and send it to us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. So without any further ado, let's dive into my interview with Brian and Daniel of the home team. We're going to talk all about Slow Bloom. We're going to talk a lot about them being special guests on the Ever Blossom Tour, supporting this wildlife and broadside. We're also going to dive into their Patreon and TikTok because, spoiler alerts, the home team does both very, very well. We're going to talk about all of that and more. So here it is, my conversation with Brian and Daniel from the home team. All right, everybody, I am very excited to have my guests on here today. This is actually my first guest in 2022 and it's episode 222 so i don't know the numbers it's a lot of twos uh and i'm really yeah it's crazy i'm really excited to have my guests here today everybody in the virtual world say hello to brian and daniel from the home team friends how's it going hello there's also two of us there's two of us and 
we just released our second album. You okay? Ah. The, the the twos in this episode are, are maybe gonna blow my mind, and and you're right. That's a that's a good way to just jump right into one of my first questions here, uh, which obviously is going to be about Slow Bloom. So the band just released this. I want to say it was October the twenty second of twenty. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! It is. Holy shit. What is happening here? I wasn't expecting all of these twos and it's throwing me off. So the the, the second album, the sophomore album, uh, was released October the 22nd, 2021 uh, via Revival Recordings. And this album, I, I truly, I saw so many people talking about it, falling in love with it. Uh, a lot of my contributors, I was telling Brian this uh, off the air, that a lot of my contributors on the team actually listed this album in their top 10 albums of 2021. And that is not an easy thing to do, to rank literally from 10 to 1 your favorite albums. But people on this team loved Slow Bloom and added it to their list. So we're going to dive into a ton of detail about the album. But before we do that, guys, I just want to get like a little bit of a broad perspective of what it feels like to have released this record. There's been a lot of love, like I said, uh, and just people are into it. So how does that feel right now as you're really still on this high of the album release? It feels awesome, obviously, but at at the same time, um, it kind of feels like now the good work starts. Like the hard work might be kind of over. Like I, I will say it was, it was a lot preparing for this release um it was just a lot of um music video (laughs) time spent making music videos uh figuring out how we were gonna stagger everything and and put everything out but now i feel like we get to have it under our sails uh as we just figure out what the next steps are and that's probably gonna look like touring as much as we can um maybe making a couple more music videos for it but uh yeah it's 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 great but most of all i feel like we now have the ability to i mean push it to the world you know what i mean yeah there's there's always like you know there's multiple steps in the album release cycle so like there's the you know the writing and recording process which is like purely creative and then all the all along the while like you're planning for how you're going to release everything uh, trying to coordinate everyone's schedules and just like the next like year and a half to two years of everyone's lives. Um, now we're like the creative aspect is kind of done. And now we're focusing heavy on like, how do we actually get this into people's ears and get people to listen to it and then go set up and play in front of people who want to see us and like make new fans. Um, then we got to start writing the next record and it's just a never ending cycle of like, how do we like just constantly working to get the next thing going? Yeah. I'm always really intrigued by album cycles um, because it's not cookie cutter. It's different. Obviously it has changed completely in this climate of COVID and everything. Uh, but in terms of like the excitement, is there, I, and again, there are different experiences for people in a band, but how does it like, are you more excited to head into this phase of it being a product that's out, a piece of art maybe is the better way of saying that's out in the world for people to actually listen to, consume, to sing back to you while you're playing on stage? Is it is it more exciting to be in this phase of it or in the writing or in the release or 
is it all just not even related? It's all its own kind of excitement. Sure. Um, uh, it. Hmm. But the answer is different for everyone in the band. Yeah, that's a good question because we all we all have our own um, <clears throat> roles that we play. So our guitarist John is strictly creative. Like if I ever tell him to do any promo thing, he'll just look through me. He'll <laughs> <laughs> see you right. <laughs> you. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Dan is the business side of things. I am probably somewhere in between. Um, and so it yeah each i would say each person has their own john i think john's a little lost right now <laughs> yeah he's like like the the pure creative brain so during the writing process that's when he is like full on he's the one like leading a lot of the the direction that we're going mm-hmm. um i'm way more like the back end business side of things so planning everything and all the logistics to make like the you know, like kind of keep everyone on schedule and to get all of our stuff ordered and make sure we all have you know proper paperwork and whatever a lot of the stuff that creatives typically think is boring is my world so like right now i'm in like the heat of everything like this is what yeah. i've made for um and then brian is like the I'm, creative director as far as like the visuals right yeah go. i would say i'm i'm just somewhere in between those two things like some logistics some creative maybe a little more creative but um but i don't get me wrong i am very excited for the next phase of this album because people can actually hear the whole thing um but yeah it's it every everybody has their own role ryan is still kind of new to the band that's why we didn't mention him we uh he is a very reliable dude but we have not quite found where his um strengths lie in the other elements of music so everything besides playing on a stage one thing that is really nice about having the record out is that we took a pretty drastic shift in direction from our first record to slow bloom um and so there was a period of like a year or so where the record where the the writing was mostly done and we knew what we were sitting on but we didn't have anything to show anyone so like we knew what the next record was going to sound like. And, you know, as we're like talking to fans online and, you know, it was at the, like the beginning of COVID. So everyone was at home and our only interactions were like on the internet with fans. Um, We knew what the next stuff was going to sound like in the direction we were going, but no one else knew what it was, what it sounded like. Um, So it's, it's very nice to now have the record out so people can see the direction that we're going and how we took the new record um and so like everyone kind of gets it now that they're you know how we changed sound to sound like from record to record absolutely and there's been conversations about it like i've seen it on the internet it's really what caught my attention like i knew your album was dropping uh and 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 full disclosure i didn't listen to it the day it came out but i started to hear people on my team talk the fuck out of it i had people ordering the vinyl and i'm a big vinyl nerd and and so I was like, what the okay, what are we talking about here? And and no joke, I mean, right out the gate, this album just fucking hits. It does, and it goes the entire time. But it kind of has a little bit of ebb and flow that you don't really expect because the first couple tracks really hit hard. Um it, it's been really, really cool just being an outside party watching this bloom of uh the home team. Now, we talked about a little bit here the different roles that people play in your band outside of 
playing in the band. So I'm kind of curious, how does the home team approach the writing process? And and I it might differ from album to album. So I guess if it does, my question's more specific to Slow Bloom. Like, how did you actually approach the writing process prior to heading into studio? Yeah, so it is very different uh, album to album. Um, I do want to give you just a small snippet of what the Better Off process was like. Uh, it was a bunch of dudes who wrote songs on their own and brought it to me and Dan, who played on all of them. And so they are, if, if you heard, if we told you which ones were written by who, you'd be like, oh yeah, those all sound the same and those all sound the same. And this one sounds kind of different because I wrote it. But Slow Bloom was a much more incorporated process because everything pretty much started with John. Um, who wrote a, a good portion of the last album too. half of the first record yeah he wrote like half the first record um but this one he he changed direction and we all, what we ended up doing is we just we took his demos and i well i have to talk about this him and i were at creative odds for like the first four years of me being in this band like we we did not get along like what were our visions were um and it took it took a while, but now we are very much so in line with what we want. And it really just took like respecting the other's strengths. Um, long story short. So uh, this time it was, he would come to us with a demo. Um, it would go to Dan, who would put his spin on the drums. Cause John would do like a MIDI drum uh, of his own, but he's not a drummer. So he doesn't. So a lot of three-handed parts. Yeah. Playable <laughs> octopus drums. Um, and then it would come to me, and I would talk about like, oh, should we switch this part of the song structure up or this kind of thing? And then I'd also put some synth on it. Um, we would get Ryan's opinion on what the bass part should be, uh, and then I would write my vocals. Um, that was that was pretty much the case with all of them. Um, and then at the end of all that, we did a pre-pro session with our producer sky from issues and he he basically said we sat down with him for like a week at john's house and he was like okay these are the things i hear these are the songs that are perfect these are the songs that could use work blah 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 blah. we did spent a week just like kind of rearranging some stuff nothing changed super drastically but like he'll point out like a little thing he'll be like what if you did this here like you know what i mean um and then when we went to the studio it was pretty much like locked in. Like we knew exactly what we were doing and we still changed shit. Um, and so the studio aspect happened. It was a different guy that engineered it. Um, that took a few months. We got that done. And then finally we sent it to Seb from neck deep who uh, mixed it. And he, even then like me and sky would go through the songs and add some extra synth elements that we felt like were missing. And, um scott uh seb had one or two creative ideas that he put down in the mix and um finally it was sent to crummit for mastering so that is that is how the whole process of solving worked love it i'm so glad that you took that flag that i handed to you to talk to me about how you write and to actually give me some gritty detail about it it is always so intriguing to me to 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 learn how bands go about this process and and brian i actually want to ask you something a little specific I've got to take the opportunity because the thing that when I first heard the album, when I first heard a song from your band, uh, this is not to say that the other members didn't wow me, but the vocals are absolutely stunning. Like it's just the one of the most unique vocals 
it, it catches me every time. What? Where do you get your your like vocal influence? Do you have any? Do you have any kind of training? Like, it's just very unique to me. I I, I would really throw you in a category of vocalists that's just. You can kind of tell who they are without, like, you hear it and you know. I, yeah. Where do you get this from? First of all, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. that a lot. Um, uh, I'll tell you exactly where I got it from. I got it from 10 DIY tours that I wasn't ready for. <laughs> <laughs> um, if the, the, the number one thing I say to the singers uh, who want to get better is, if you really want to get better, go on as many DIY tours as you possibly can because that shit will make you get better. Yeah. Um, whether you like it or not. Well, unless you don't have high standards for yourself, then full <laughs> time. But uh, <clears throat> playing in front of people and sucking is not a fun feeling. And no. I have done that. I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> and the first couple tours that I did, I just was not ready for them. Um, I, I didn't understand what it meant to sing every night uh, at the top of my at the top of my lungs. And this was in 2015, so I was probably I think it was 19 at the time when I joined. And um it was it was it was humbling it was like i thought i was a good singer and then night three of a tour would come along and i couldn't even like i couldn't barely get through the set and it was embarrassing luckily we weren't playing to anybody so nobody really saw it (laughs) um but over time i just realized like what it took uh to get ready for these tours and yeah it, it it it's about touring like a lot of musicians will work on their internet presence for a long time before ever going on tour, which don't get me wrong. It's a, that's a great plan too. We spent a lot of time and a lot of money doing the, the hard long way uh, of just DIY touring. Um, but I think it, it, I need, I needed, I, at least I needed to do that because otherwise I was not going to be where I am today in time for slow bloom. Um, I would probably have been, had we not toured as much, I probably would have been as good as I was on Better Off on Slowbloom, which would not have translated as well. Because the, the stuff on Slowbloom is much more technical than the stuff on Better Off. Um, you asked about influences. Uh, I, I actually listened to a shit ton of like R&B and pop. Um, that's, that's actually significantly by far what I listen to the most. Wow. <laughs> I I'm a bit of a poser when it comes to rock music. Like, I grew up <laughs> on rock music for sure. Like I, I grew up as a scene kid for absolutely. Um, but in the last like five years, it's my, my tastes have definitely changed. I still love a lot of rock music. Um, but yeah, I listen to R and B and pop mostly. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a dynamic voice, and uh, it, it's just it stands out. I really love it. I'm glad I got the chance to actually ask you that question because seriously, when I first heard the album, like fuck those vocals, that's where it's at. So, very very cool. Now, guys, I I want to ask. Um, I do ask this question often uh, because I like it. So uh, when you're picture yourself in the studio recording all the tracks on Slow Bloom, was there a track that really pushed pushed you either as an individual or as a band collectively to like really lay it down to get it? Or maybe you laid it down and it had to be changed, not had to, or maybe there was other creative ideas. Was there a song that really pushed the band more than others? I'd say probably the most influential in our sound uh, would be Move It or Lose It. So that's the song that perfectly describes like the the difference between Brian's songwriting and John's songwriting and where they found like the happy medium 
where they can both work together and they figured out like that's where they figured out how to like combine their two strengths um john typically writes uh, he's written a lot of like really simple really uh like leaving a lot of room for brian to sing um brian coming from like a prog rock background wants everything or wanted everything to be like as complicated as possible um and so that was like uh basically the lead in the core the lead guitar riff in the chorus of that song is like started with john being way too simple and then brian adding too much and then they <laughs> finally figured out like well, what if we take this half and this half and they combined it and it just like we knew at once we got once we got the riff to its like final stage we knew we're like that's the sound that was the first one of its kind for sure like that's the one we need to do that thing more um so that was the song that like really kind of like set us in motion to record to like write the rest of the record is does that have any bearing on why it leads off the album yes 100 percent bearing on why it leads off the album. <laughs> that is number one reason why it is track number one <laughs> and and it i mean it it, it it does its job. I mean, it, it certainly made me want to listen to the other 10 tracks, 11 in total. No yeah. question. And like I said, I mean, this album just like kind of kicks your ass right out the gate. And and then there is some ebb and flow throughout this uh, next question is kind of similar, but I feel like there's variance in the answer at times. Is there a song off the album that you are most proud of uh in in terms of like the final product and what it sounds like when when it's on your speakers or in your headphones uh i know your answer i gotta pick well well wait hold on wait what is his answer i mean the the obvious one is another night alone with you because brian wrote like all that so that's like his baby. So I have three songs in my mind and none of them are in the vanilla. You're a liar. But I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I am very proud of that song. But uh, you, but I you specifically mentioned like after everything was done that I'll talk about that for a second. That was a that was like one of the oldest songs in the record. And I, I did. That's one of the few that I wrote. Actually, I think it's the only one that I wrote from the ground up. Um, John had almost nothing to do with it. Uh, and I was very proud of it, um, but there, there are three songs in my head that I'm picking between and I will say all three and then I will talk about one of them. Um, Watching Our Friends Get Rich, On, and Danger. So those are the three that I am very, very, very proud of. Um, and I will talk about On uh, because it is, it was one of the latest ones we wrote, like one of the last ones, I think it was second to last to Slow Bloom being last. Um, and it was so weird for us. Like that it's it's not a sound that we have touched very often. Um, and the horns was something that started in Watching Our Friends Get Rich. That was the Watching Our Friends Get Rich was the first song that we did horns in when we were writing, because that was like the third one we wrote in, in the phase. It was, it was move it or lose it right through me, watching our friends get rich. And we added horns to that and we were like, dude what is happening like, <laughs> we're throwing all this production element into like marimba horns all that shit when we brought that to on um i feel like that song is like it, it like it screams horns like we this song needs horns and the the timing of on um in that it switches between straight beat and triplet feel uh the the chords that john came up with 
are actually like combinations of chords. Like it's literally the guitar part. If you look at the guitar pro of that song, what which isn't out yet. So <laughs> um, if uh, when when you eventually are able to look at the guitar pro, uh, it's it's literally two guitars layered on top of each other, both equal volume, equal in volume, um, playing two separate chords that create its own chord. Um, and John even said himself, he was like, I don't think I'll ever be able to think of that again. Like, I don't that that's never going to happen. Um, and I just remember when we were writing it, I was being I was really, really excited because I feel like that that is a sound that I kind of want to touch more on the next album. Um, I feel like it's the since we all fell apart of this album, since we all fell apart was before its time on Better Off. So nobody listened to it. Nobody's listening to on. So I know it's before it's time. Yeah, it is the the second least streamed song on the record, which is fucking wow. bullshit. And I, we need I to fix it's, that. It's like top two for all of us. Yeah, it's like one of our. We we played it live on our last tour, and uh, it did not get the reception. We nobody were cared, and we fucking loved playing it. It was so much fun. <laughs> That's uh, really interesting to to hear that, and and maybe. As people start to hear you all live, I, I don't know if you plan on playing on live. Um, maybe, <sighs> may, I don't know. You know what? The, it's it a headliner tour song. It's a headliner tour when song. We, when we get 45 minutes, we're playing it. Okay. So, <laughs> so, let's <laughs> so let's make this jump then into um, a, a different topic outside of Slow Bloom. Uh, the, the home team is going to be on the Ever Blossom Tour featuring This Wildlife and special guest Broadside. So, I mean, let's talk about a, a just just a hell of a tour with the three names, including the home team, on there. This tour kicks off on February the 10th in Denver, Colorado, and it goes all the way to March 6th, ending in Dallas, Texas. We have friends in Dallas, so get out there to that show to, to, to end this run. Uh, guys, talk to me about how you're feeling about being on this tour with the absolutely brilliant this wildlife they're on my bucket list in 2022 to have them on the show uh so we'll see if we'll make that happen yeah yeah you know if you had a good time let the guys know let the two dudes know that 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 it's spinning thoughts we take good care of people that we talk to uh but you're with the brilliant this wildlife and and really the incredible broadside we're only a few weeks away just raw emotion how are you feeling about being on this run with these really amazing bands Dude, we are so fucking thankful. We, this is what we've been waiting for. for we have time. been, uh, we have done, what, 15, 16 DIY tours? Maybe like 14, but you know. I mean, four, pretty close. I mean, dude, we've been, I I did two tours with the home team before you joined. That's true. That's true. No, yeah. We I, have, I have maybe done less, but. The home team has done, we've been DIY touring since 2013. When we put out our first EP before Brian, that is no longer on the internet. Uh, oh. Don't don't go look for it. <laughs> um, Someone will find it. We have been working and grinding for so long to get to the point where we are uh, opening for bigger acts and on tours like this that we're not booking. Like even the last headlining tour, it was our our booking agent and me. We split it basically 50-50. Um, we are so thankful for this wildlife for like giving us a chance and letting us go out. Um, it, it's a cool story. Basically their merch guy, uh, we had toured with his old band, um, called Crooked Teeth a couple of years ago. 
Um, and so we met, uh, we, and we toured with Crooked Teeth a couple times. We're friends with Tyson, the singer. Um, so we had toured with, uh, with his old band and just became friends through that. And he just kept pitching to the, the This Wildlife guys. He kept saying, like, dudes, you got to check out my friends, the home team. Like, you need to take them out. And so when Slow Bloom came out, he pitched, he said like, dudes, you have to check out their record. And they liked it enough to have us open their tour. Um, so we're just incredibly thankful and excited to be going out with like bands that have been doing it for a while. And it's just such an eclectic tour too, if you really think about the sound uh, that that all, the three different bands really bring. There's an energy that that is cohesive but the sound is very diverse. I think it's going to make for such a very, very cool run for sure. Now, um, Brian, you may have kind of uh, led me into this question here. Um, when you were talking about touring DIY style and really finding out like after three days of singing, you know, that you had to kind of focus on whether it's like conditioning, your voice, practicing, uh, things of that nature. So this question, it really, I want to know, how does the home team go about practicing, preparing for a run like this? Uh, have you come up with a set list? Um, uh, do you do any kind of like band practices? If so, like what does that look like? And the last question, I know I'm asking a lot of questions in one question. The other question I want to wrap up in this is if you do have a set list, uh, are there any songs that you could share with us that might make this set list? So, you know, it's funny. Uh, right after this, like right after we're done with this, we're going to go to our first practice for this tour. Yes. Where to God. Yes. <laughs> um, we, I mean, we definitely try and squeeze in as many as possible because we understand that there is some <clears throat> bands can practice on their own and then be completely show ready on day one. We are not one of those bands. We have to practice together. Like we have to have everything synced. Um, in fact, I would be willing to say that most bands that think they're a band that can practice on their own uh, are not. Uh, I'm not going to name any names. But I've seen, I've I've seen, seen a, couple, a couple. couple bands on their first tours back from uh, uh, in 2021. And uh, it was pretty clear that they were not prepared as a band. They, they were They were like, yeah, man, I got my parts down. You yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, a, yeah, it's like we practice individually and then you get to practice as a band to all put everything together because it, playing a live set is not just being able to play all the songs individually. Like yeah. three of the songs are slightly different live than they are in recording because we add a little, a little interlude, you know, like before the bridge, you know, little things change or two, you know, two groups of songs connect one after the other. So you have to know how to like, you know, end one song and then go straight into it. Or there's a guitar change and everyone, it's all timing based. Yep. Um, as for me, I have to practice quite a bit because it's not about, um, it's not about whether or not I can sing the parts. It's whether or not my voice is ready to sing it uh, every night for a month. You know yep. what I mean? I, I, and I got, I got humbled again on this last tour because I, I, on the we geez in 2019 we did a full u.s headliner touring on our better off material and i had done enough tours on better off that i got to the point on that tour like a weekend where i was just coasting like i didn't have to worry about my voice anymore like i i still warmed up but uh not nearly as like as as rigid um i didn't have to vocal rest during the day anymore i was just like 
I was killing it. Like I had no problem singing the whole set. And I, and that, that for the rest of the um, year, what that was the case. And I was, I was really stoked about that because I no longer had to do like the, I don't talk until 4 PM thing and, you know, drinking tea and, yep. and getting plenty of vocalists. So I went into the slow bloom tour with the same hubris as I had on the 2019 <laughs> tour. Um, not thinking about the fact that slow bloom is so much harder to sing than better off. It I, has, I also fucked Brian. Uh, my, <laughs> we had zero days off and 11 shows in a row and that was a mistake and I'm sorry. And, and honestly, not even just for Brian, just no, like everybody was physically for all of us. It was very difficult and we're never going to do that again. Never do this, that again. Uh, this tour has like every Monday off yeah. and like a couple, two days a week. So. The, I think the longest stretch is five days. If yeah. that, well, maybe it's like six days, but, um, anyways yeah it, it was 11 days straight after two years of not touring and man that was very hard um and so this time i also well that's the thing i did practice for that tour and i did condition my voice beforehand but the night one of the tour in spokane i literally was like yeah this is not the same as singing the set twice in my car because <laughs> i'm sitting in my car not exerting nearly as much energy and Playing a show is just a different beast. So what I'm going to try and do for this one is, is like February 1st, I'm going to start playing mock shows every night um, so that I can basically be in my second week of touring by the time <laughs> I start. Um, that's I'm going to try to do that. It's a bit hard because like playing a mock show is tough if you don't have a literal stage to play on. Um, I'll probably just go to John's basement every night because he has a lot of room and I'll just be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to play a mock show down here. Um, but, uh, to answer your final part of that question about our set list. So yes, we do pick a set list ahead of time. It usually depends on how much time we have. Um, typically we have not had a time restriction because we have been the headliner. Um, the time restri restriction is, uh, when the venue wants to turn us off and yep. kick us out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we very seldom get to that point because we've always been firm believers in playing, um, leaning a short set versus a long set. Um, because it will probably just leave people wanting more, yeah. uh, especially if you're an opening band. If you're an opening band and you're trying to fill 32 minutes of your 30 minute set, like, bro, don't, like, don't even right. <laughs> I can count the number of times I've seen like bands that I like and want to see play for 45 minutes. And by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, they could have stopped a couple songs ago. So like, I know that. I know that feeling. Like, we want to play 25 killer minutes, play like, seven songs just go ham and then leave everyone you know cut the set leave everyone wanting more because if everyone's satisfied then they're not going to go listen anymore so anyways uh <clears throat> we can tell you a couple things that will for sure be on the set list for the store uh the singles <laughs> the singles will they're all on there there we go they're all on there uh we often do uh one so, or we often do she's quiet and fashion forward just because we have to we're never gonna have we're never gonna drop those from our side um and then there is actually there's one mystery song that we have not played live yet um Ooh. and if i if i say that i have said the entire song <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some uh we like to keep the mystery alive here at spinning oh. thoughts so you'll just have to go and check out this run with the home team this wildlife and broadside the last question that i have for you both in terms of this tour 
is what is the best part of touring for you? And I really, really want you to consider that in terms of the climate that we're touring in nowadays too, right? It is not easy to tour ever. And it's becoming more challenging now with COVID and just the uncertainty. Uh, There's got to be something, if not more than one thing, that really gives you the motivation to go out and do this. What is it? Well, like, what do you love about touring? You can go first. Uh, There's, so I don't think I can give just one answer to that. Um, uh, I guess I'll have to give two parts. So uh, actually three, I'm sorry, three parts (laughs) to to your your question. Um, The first, the most fun 30 minutes of every day is playing. There's no question if that's everyone's answer. Anyone who plays in a band, anyone who tours, when you're on set, when you're on stage and you're playing, that is the most fun. Um, The most, I think the most overall enjoyable part for me is being able to like talk with fans, um, being able to like, this is, we're now, this is the first tour where like, we're ha- we have to bring a merch person because there's just too much to do and we can't handle it ourselves anymore. Um, so now we won't be hanging at the merch table as much as we have would have in the past. Um, so talking to fans at the merch table like, and seeing, you know, people be psyched and tell us how our music has, you know, how they connected with it or how long they've been listening or where they found us. Um, that's like the in-person affirmation of the thing we've been trying to build. Um, and overall fulfillment wise, just being able to do this thing that we like this crazy dream that we've had since we were kids and like going out and actually being able to like realize the dream we've been working on. Um, that's like the thing that keeps us going all the time. Cause like playing the show is sick, but that is 30 minutes of every day. And there's so much more to it, but working hard to like actually go and fulfill our like dream. That's the thing that keeps me going. Totally. Um, I, I'll talk about like, little more like what why i like touring um and it's because i have always been like um i'm I'm very much so like a productivity driven person like i love getting shit done you know what i mean and and sometimes relaxing can be hard because i i feel like i should be doing something that i feel productive in even in the video games i play that translates because i like video games where it feels like i'm making a lot of progress you know what i mean yes Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, when I'm on tour, I never feel like I'm wasting my time. I never feel like I'm wasting my time. I feel like uh, it, it three weeks feels like three months when I'm out there. And it also feels like three days. Yeah. Um, it feels it literally just feels like I am doing something sick with my life. You know what I mean? Like it feels it feels like I am fulfilling myself. Um I, and I realize it's a little more spiritual than maybe you were looking for, but, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm actually vibing with that right now. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it really does feel like I am, I am meeting goals that, that are going to make me a more fulfilled person when I die. 
<laughs> if I was you two, uh, if I was one of you two, I'd be really fucking stoked about where things are and where they're going. I've played in bands before. I, t- I say this all the time. The reason why I have a music podcast is because the band thing didn't work out for me. So this is just kind of the the, the backup plan. I, I totally, totally am, am like jealous of and I mean jealous in a good way because sometimes it has a negative connotation. Like I'm so sure. stoked for you guys. I, I can only imagine how fucking cool this all is and and I just can't wait for people to experience that with you and that's what it's all about with the home team is is the community and people experiencing the music and the vibe and the live show together I can't wait I implore everybody to go check out this run that starts on February the 10th um Brian you were talking about how fast tour kind of goes and 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 I'm looking at the amount of time that we've talked already and it's flying by I I feel like I could continue to talk so I'm gonna Make sure that I'm focusing on getting in a few more questions here as we round out this interview and this conversation. Uh, Something that was brought to my attention uh, by your press team is that you have a Patreon. And and I'm very intrigued by that because I really am a supporter and a believer in bands finding other avenues to engage their fans, to give them exclusive kind of content, and, and to just really make the experience um, more exclusive, essentially. So I was hoping you guys might be able to talk to me a little bit about what your Patreon is all about and what uh, fans and subscribers to it could expect from it in 2022. Yeah, uh, so our Patreon, we started because of COVID, basically. Uh, it was an idea. I mean, you had the idea a long time ago. Yeah, thank you for uh, giving me the credit. Uh, uh, <laughs> As, as the like business mind, like my mind is always going towards like, okay, how can we take, like, there's no money in streaming. It's very hard to make money. But the reality is in order to turn this into a full-time career, we have to make money on it. Um, that's just how the world works. Yep. Uh, so I had been pitching, like, we should start a Patreon, just get it started. Even, even though we know no one's going to join, we should just get it started so that when, you know, if we get to a point where people would join, it's already there. Um, and then basically when COVID hit, we were like, well, we're not touring this year, so let's do that Patreon thing. Um, and it gave us a huge amount of like motivation to like, to keep working and to start producing content and get into the swing of like making videos and figuring and thinking when we're recording, how do we create some like behind the scenes stuff that would be usable there, but wouldn't necessarily go on Instagram. Um, and so when we, when we started it, we thought it was going to be like, yeah, five or so people might sign up. Like, you know, my mom's probably going to sign up, <laughs> uh, but we ended up getting like 30 or 40 people in the first month. And then it just kept rolling and kept rolling. And it, so that was like a huge piece of motivation for us to, to realize that like, oh, people do give a shit. Like, <laughs> like when, when we're do. playing shows, people come up to you and say, you played a good set that like, I like your music. And that's like, the way that we, the validation that we know that what we're doing is working um, without shows, there's really none of that validation. Um, so this was a huge way for us to see that people actually did care and that we needed to like keep grinding and keep going. Yep. Um, a word to any band thinking about making a Patreon, just fucking do it. Start it. Like start it. Even if there's only one tier and it's pretty limited, like just get it started. You will like, there will be people, if there's not now, eventually, if you keep going, that want to just support you, even if they don't want the benefits of it. Um, 
that at the end of the day, there are, there are people who give us monthly money and do not interact on the discord. They don't watch anything. Like they're literally just, they just want to support us. Um, and that is, uh, more prevalent than you think. So I love the Patreon community that we have. Um, it's well over hundred people now. And we had, uh, a bunch of them come out to the Phoenix show and they gave there is an inside joke about asparagus on the discord and they gave me a bouquet of oh my god yellow roses and asparagus um with a little card in it that said play real world which is like the the discord favorite better off song that we never that played we live. never played live uh so we stumbled our way through it and it was great but anyway and uh on saturday tomorrow we're getting that bouquet of asparagus and roses tattooed on all of us wow oh yeah, that's a, sick a dumb tour tattoo for every every tour so we all have like a leg section where all the, just dumbass tattoos <laughs> of matching tattoos basically i'm assuming this will get posted on the social media for people to see right oh yeah for sure um, I can I cannot wait to see it. <laughs> but as far as like the content that goes on Patreon, um, so we do a couple of things. Uh, we have like behind the scenes videos. So there's stuff where we show like here are our pets. Um, well, we haven't done the tattoo tour. We need to do that. We should do the tattoo tour when it, it basically tour. Wow. Oh, oh shit. That's a, that flows nicely. Tour. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basically, like you know, highlighting all of our tattoos. It seems it sounds corny. It is corny, it but. Is. That's the, they don't care. That's what they want to see. Like, that's, um, and yeah. then, and we do, uh, we have like, uh, mini podcasts. We call them mini casts. Yeah. Um, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Usually Brian and I talking about different topics relating to the band. So we're working through like explaining, uh, how the songwriting process and the meaning behind each song one at a time. Yeah. Um, each we, song has done episode. We tell tour stories. Um, I have a little, a very, very small, group of people interested in the business side behind the band so i like go in and explain like the, the inner workings of making a band run um we post like extra pictures from uh like from tour and from photo sessions that didn't get posted online um and then we have like some exclusive uh merch that is only available to the patrons so it was like a tour or there's a tier where everybody at month three gets a you know a t-shirt that's only available to patreon and every every uh like other month we do a mailing list where we send out cards and little goodies or stickers things that only go to them yep. um and yeah uh told you we could talk next question <laughs> <laughs> and and it, i think that this definitely relates um tiktok is also something that the band seems to be leaning into and doing quite well with i still feel like there are bands out there that are similar to patreon they just refuse to take the plunge into tiktok and and i too kind of struggled with that a little bit with spinning thoughts and, and i uh, i need to be a little bit more serious with it myself but i certainly certainly see the value in it uh, talk to me about uh, the home team and 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 why you lean into TikTok and the value that you see there for the band. Yeah, so we I started doing leaning into it back in like April, um, and then I kind of fell off because I was I actually edited all the music videos except for watching our friends get rich. That was our buddy Mark, but um, I, because I was I ended up really busy with those. Um, it was basically taking up all my creative headspace. I couldn't think about TikTok. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, though, we have friends uh, in bands that are. I mean, they actually we just had a conversation the other night with a buddy from a band called Arrows in Action. Um, 
Oh yeah. The drummer is the one who runs their TikTok, and they're they're old friends of ours. Like we've been friends with them for years. And he basically was. Uh, we we wanted to call him just to be, get some like insights on like what he thinks is important to do. Um, basically, it was like quantity over quality. Just fucking post shit. Like yeah. <laughs> one of them, one of them will eventually just get blown up for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I he, and he said make it easy. Like don't don't spend too much brain effort on it. Just like just put your music on it. Like end of story. Just put your music on it every day. Even if it's the same clip every single day, just put it up. Yeah, I think a lot of people and not just artists, but people in general still see TikTok as like the evolution of Musical.ly, which is just people dancing to songs. Right. And that is not what it is. That's what it was. And that still exists. But there's so many other uh, like parts of TikTok. It's Musical.ly and Vine combined. Yeah. And it, it's a huge music discovery tool. It's basically like, if you have no money to run Facebook and Instagram ads, you should just be dumping content on TikTok. Yeah, just as because much as possible can. Just try everything. And the the way I see it is like, if you post something bad, that's not like, or when I say bad, I mean like not a good TikTok. If no one sees it, no one knows it was bad because no one saw it. Yeah. yeah. So like, just fucking do it. Yep. Uh, so we, we have friends that are in, you know, they've done a tour or two and they have, hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok and their monthly listeners and Instagram followers, everything blows up because of it. It's just like the best music discovery tool right now. So I think every band should just be like pumping all their energy. Plus you can download the videos and post them everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We, we did, a, did a couple of Instagram reels from, from the TikTok. So. Absolutely. Uh, what was the most recent one? The, your question. Uh, I think I have it on the back. What's worse? What is the answer, Brian? What is worse? Oh, waking up <laughs> knowing that you don't mean shit. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Watching all your friends get rich. It's that's not even that bad of a thing. Like, yeah, maybe you're the poor friend, but if you ever need like a safety net to lean on, you got you got a couple homies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely the latter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, guys, um, honestly, I've really enjoyed this conversation and there's other things I, I had written down that I wanted to talk about, like video games and whatnot. We'll have to bring you back on uh, to spinning thoughts two. to for exactly a part two, because it, this is an episode of twos. So we have to bring you back for a second <laughs> one or else we're doing everybody a disservice here. Um, very quickly, though, I do want uh, both of you to just maybe tell me a band or two or whatever uh, of from 2021 that just kind of stood out to you that released new music. So as I was saying earlier, I don't, I don't actually listen to a ton of rock anymore, but the one I feel like the one rock album that I really did dive into and like was the new Sleep Token album. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was so, so. Oh, cool. yeah. And I was, I knew it was sick. I was a little late to it. I had listened to the singles, but I listened to the rest of it a couple of weeks after it came out. Um, and I was like, holy shit, this is so refreshing. Because, um, I mean, I, I hate to say it. One of the reasons I don't listen to rock anymore is because I think it's starting to all sound the same. Yeah. Um, and bands that are doing something really weird and cool uh, is always welcomed. Um, that said, I have to do a service to what I listen to more often by saying an artist that I got really into this year that is not rock, uh, and that is Victoria Monet. Victoria Monet is really phenomenal. Um, she has just a really nice blend of R&B and pop that is both catchy, but also soulful. Um, definitely look that shit up. Victoria Monet is amazing. I'm going to because I'm not that familiar. Daniel, what about you? Uh, I think the two EPs that I listen to the most that are like in our world are uh the nightlife ep oh yeah um 
So I think I think it's called New Low. Um, it is. Yep. This is long. Um, and the Sharia Moore EP. Uh, okay. Internal. Yeah, <laughs> um. So the those EPs are the ones that I listen to the most. Uh. And then we're very. It's. I mean, if if you listen to our record, you can tell we're all metal guys. Um. So I listen to more heavy music than anything. And probably the record that I listened to the most in 2021 um, that came out that year was uh, Humanity's Last Breath. Um, was it uh, Vol- Volda? Vol- yeah. Volda. <laughs> Something I don't I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Something I can't pronounce. Um, yeah. Humanity's Last Breath. Uh, that album was very tight. Too. Oh, technically, the Vitriol EP was re released oh, in 2021. Yeah, that... So, okay. Uh, Nobody listened to <laughs> no, Homies of ours that are like the next generation of like extreme death metal like hard to get through the entire record because it is just so fucking relentless it's like <laughs> it goes from 10 to 11 back to 10 like it's just non-stop um so if you're a fan of like extreme metal uh check out the band vitriol uh they did a re-release of their like 2013 ep mm-hmm. um in 2021 and redid the vocals band is uh, absolutely insane I'm looking forward to checking that out, and I appreciate you guys sharing the love to some of these other bands that are out there, uh, your peers uh, who who did some good work in 2021, just like the home team with Slow Bloom. So, guys, before we say goodbye, it's always a sad time when we do. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add or say to the fans of Spinning Thoughts, to the fans of the home team? Anything I fucked up that we need to correct on the record here today? Anything at all? Nothing you fucked up, but yeah. we have a new album called Slow Bloom. Uh <laughs> that is out and you can listen to it now uh and we are also going on tour with this wildlife and broadside in february so check that out and buy bands music and merch if you like a band buy something from them yeah it 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 really goes a long way the streaming is just not what it used to be buy a t-shirt yep buy a t-shirt there we go that's uh that's some words to carry out of this episode with brian and daniel i appreciate you both so much congratulations on slow bloom everybody go listen to it and thank you for being here for episode 222 of spinning thoughts that's crazy thanks for having us once again i want to thank brian and daniel from the home team for being here for episode 222 of spinning thoughts if you haven't listened to slow bloom yet Now is the time. They're going to be on tour with This Wildlife and Broadside starting February the 10th. And then just today at the time of this taping, uh, they also announced that they're going to be on tour supporting Point North. And I think they're switching dates off with friends of the show, Sharia Moore. So go check out the home team. Give them some love. And while you're at it, make sure you give us some love on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com, and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Make sure you hit the like button. It really does help if you're not subscribed. Now is a good time to do it, and make sure you're also subscribed wherever you go to get your podcast. We'll be back again same time, same place next week. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love. 